This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre recorded. Now on Talk Radio Special tonight on the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause as we broadcast to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks everybody for tuning in and being a part of tonight's special. Tonight we talk to a union leader who has stood out in front of the issues, a leader who has fought hard against job and industry killing issues, and a leader who has supported the Labor Show and the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause since they were born in the market of Philadelphia. This is The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. Tonight, J-Doc's in the driver's seat. All right, ladies and gentlemen from around the Delaware Valley, welcome to The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. Uh, This is J-Doc in the driver's seat for Krause tonight. We've got a phenomenal show. Uh, You know, here's the thing. Um, The Labor Show has been around uh, for about nine years. And uh, we've had, uh, you know, a number of individuals who have made such an impact on the on the program tonight. It's a Boilermakers special, and um, it, it's it's going to be a, a special show uh, for so many reasons. Uh, we have the Boilermakers leadership: John Bland, Brad Mikitavich, and Matt Fink, who are going to be on the program. Um, and and but it's in a somewhat of an emotional show for me because uh, John Bland, uh, who is going to be joining us first, uh, who's uh, been the business manager uh, at at local thirteen, um, is retiring as business manager. And John has made such an incredible impact on our on our radio show, uh, n- not just the labor show, but the labor and energy initiative uh, and our energy education and awareness initiative um, with the labor and energy issues. And so uh, we're going to start off with John and and, and certainly uh, couldn't be more proud to call my friend. John, welcome to the broadcast, my friend. Joe Doc, thank you for having me here. It's been a pleasure over the years. And I can't say enough. I think, you know, getting our word out, uh, the things that are important to Pennsylvania and the United States. I mean, our energy independence. uh, We started this about four and a half years ago. And, you know, like I said, we keep fighting and fighting and, you know, trying to win the battle. But uh, we got to keep chugging along. And, and John, um, you know, you've been a visionary. in, in, in those areas, you and I first met uh, when, 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 at the demise of PES refinery for no damn good reason. Okay, one unit down, 32 operating. And it was at that point, I had remembered, they said, you got to get John Bland on the program. And uh, your passion uh, right away was um, evident. And also, I, I kind of followed your lead. And then we, we started to do the broadcasts, um, you know, at the... Uh, at, at the uh, refinery uh, the, the pbf refinery in uh, in in delaware uh, and um the, you know it, it, we and it kind of blossomed uh, from there talk about if you will because this is kind of an unprecedented move um uh, you know a, a business manager actually retiring uh, you know 
before they actually retire, uh, especially somebody actually making the impact that you've made. Because I can't tell you how many times we've had, you know, nationally, nationally acclaimed, um, you know, labor leaders, political leaders, uh, our, re- our, our local labor leaders um, who, who uh, you know, will always talk, you know, they'll bring your name up constantly. They'll reference you and a lot of the, the passion you've had and the leadership you've shown um, on behalf of your members and your industry and labor itself. Uh, talk about, you know, you know, this decision. Well, my commitment has always been to Local 13. And uh, the reality is uh, I'm going to be 58 in January. Uh, so I take a look at this. Uh, I don't think it would be fair to this local or to this organization that I would start another term that I would not be committing to finish. So, like I said, I've seen the desire. I've seen the... Uh, I've seen the passion from uh, Brad Mikitavage. He was my agent for many years, covering the nukes in a lot of the upstate uh, areas. Uh, you know, like I said, here's a guy that uh, every uh, town meeting, I mean, after hours, you name it, weekends, we're going and fighting for our industry, which has been under attack for many years. And, and, and it's interesting because you say the word leadership and, and uh, you know, you've talked about Brad a lot and I'm, ex- you know, static, obviously, um, you know, to, to, to meet him for the first time in person today, tonight. Um, uh, leadership is such an important thing. Our labor community has, you know, we're the we're the top labor community in the country because we have the, the greatest leadership. Um, and. Uh, both, both at the at at the council level, okay, at 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 the, at the building trades, and of course at the local level, um, and. When you talk about, you know, the leadership here at Local 13, um, the Boilermakers, and you talk about Brad, uh, who we're going to bring onto the program, um, you know, in in just a minute, talk about the importance of, of, um, you know, in your situation, you know, as you as you uh, you know move on, knowing that somebody like Brad, who's experienced, passionate, and and also has great leadership qualities, um, how important is it to you to to have that baton go to somebody who's going to do such a great job? Well, you know, falling back to when I started as a business manager, and that was uh, uh, early in uh, I think it was April of uh, 2019. Uh, very shortly after that, I think it was June 21st. Matter of fact, it's uh, the anniversary uh, that we lost the Sun Philly refinery, and constantly fighting down in Washington, trying to get that refinery going. Which I totally think it was absurd. We lose a refinery to uh, to the low bidder. It went to an auction. And we're down there pleading with Donald Trump's team. And, you know, these guys, they don't want to hear from a business manager. I was more upset. Where was my international president? These international representatives should have been down there fighting for that refinery. Hundreds of thousands of man hours and good paying jobs, not just for the trades, everybody in the community. We lost that. Now, Brad Mikitavich, he's been around for quite a few years also. I've seen the passion and desire. And fight when we were losing Three Mile Island. There was no reason. Here's a, here's a nuclear facility that was running clean energy, and we were up there constantly fighting for that that power generation to stay open. And, and you know what? We didn't get enough support for representatives. Well, that by the way, that's when you when you and I had talked about um, we were uh, you know doing some of the shows, and I was so surprised because we normally you know you're talking about the labor show, you're talking about. Uh, the building trades you're talking about, the AFL-CIO, it's not, not real hard for us to get, um, you know, support or at least a, uh, somebody who's going to listen to what's going on. 
and it was crickets, especially at, at that. I came in at PES and I was thinking, uh, you know, I, so I had to be schooled it, with, in the labor slash energy sector of, 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 of our of our labor community, which you guys are right at the heart of. Exactly. And like you said, Joe, I mean, falling back to the Sunfield refinery, I mean, they, they lost one unit. They could have fired that, that plant back up a, a week later if they wanted to. But the reason they went out of business is because of the RFS. We've been talking about that for many times over the years. You know, Tuesday of this uh, Tuesday, this Tuesday, uh, June twentieth, the the EPA just rolled out what they're doing for the next three years, and they rolled out fifteen billion gallons ethanol blend into cars for the next three years. You're going to put more refineries out of business. This is what we've been fighting for for many years. You know, you take a look at Monroe Energy over the last ten years. They paid almost $2 billion in, in RINs. And this is not a tax going to the government or anything else. This is not going to anybody. This is extra money that could have been built, uh, more projects in the neighborhood, in the, in the refinery for cleaner fuels. But, you know, how do you budget and build when you got this much hanging over your head? And, and, I mean, it's devastating. This was just rolled out. Yes, yeah. To, uh, this this a week. Yes, I, I, I talked to uh, briefly uh, to, to 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 Brendan Williams about it. We're going to get more into that, you know, when, when I when I talk to him, um, you know, in, in the next week. But um, it, 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 those are some of the issues. And by the way, we're going to get into those some of those issues. Um, you talk about Reggie, uh, you know, the RINs and the RFS, things that you've been, you know, shouting from the top of the mountain um, to, to, to educate the public because we don't even really know, uh, you know, the jump, you, 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 you introduce, let's go out and, and meet all of our neighbors wherever we live. If we find one that understands or, or that, that, that even has heard of Reggie and yet it's hanging over our head like it's. And, and, and the RINs and the RFS. Well, this, this RFS, Joe, like I said, you know, it's been a problem from day one. It had a good concept when it started, but it didn't come to fruition. They don't need the program. They, this started because they thought the United States was going to run out of fuel. It didn't. Now you're just putting refineries out of business. Over the last 10 years, you've probably lost a dozen refineries. You know, if you think back about eight years ago, when a hurricane came through and a refinery had to shut down, you didn't see gas prices going up a dollar, dollar fifty overnight, or a couple, you know, a few days. Now you do. We don't have the capacity anymore in the United States. One little event that happens, we're getting devastated. And, and you and I talked, uh, I, I think, to uh, Donald Norcross, and I asked him because he was—he's worried about national security and, and, and issues. Uh, you, you know, when you talk about energy independence. Um, and because he's on, you know, you know, both committees. And, and having said that, um, when I asked him the question, and I'm sure you were right there, his answer was, you know, what, you know, what do your what do your colleagues think? They don't understand it. They're making decisions on things they don't understand. Now, I'm sure enough of them understand it right now to be able because that was a, a year, a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. But, you know, it, it, it's the devastating impact that they're causing um, to, and, you know, we're getting beat up at the pump. Um, it's just mind boggling. It's just unexplainable <laughs> is what it is. I, I, I agree with you 100%, Joe. And like I said, you know, we have so much information at our fingertips with our phones right now. You could look at this and research it, definitely. I mean, we must be uh, 
have the most education at our fingertips right now and also the dumbest society at the time being compared to our forefathers yeah well it, it is it is crazy let's do this john we're gonna um we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna talk about all these issues uh we're gonna uh, bring in uh, brad mckitavich and and matt fink uh we're gonna have more from the labor show with j doc and krause in just a minute what's a boiler maker we're the skilled welders, riggers, and craftspeople who will help you grow your competitive edge. We step up when others step back, and we do the job right, on time, on budget, and safely. No drama, just results every time. We're the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, and everything we do begins with our bond. Let's get to work together. Visit bestintrade.com. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. Today's program has been pre-recorded. And back here on The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. Thanks for tuning in to this Boilermaker special tonight. The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause salutes John Bland on a job... Well done. Now back to J-Doc. Really important uh, broadcast tonight, uh, the, the, the Boilermakers Hour. And, uh, you know, had a conversation with longtime business manager uh, John Bland, who is retiring as the business manager, not quite retiring from the business, but he's, but he's almost there. And we want to thank him for everything he's done for us. Um, uh, you know, over the years, he, you know, has made such an impact um, on, 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 on our media and, of course, uh, on the issues. So I want to bring into the program uh, Brad Mikitavich, who's uh, going to be the, biz- the new business manager here at Local 13. How are you, Brad? I'm doing fine, Joe. How are you? Thank you for having us on. It's, Appreciate it's, it. It's our pleasure. And, and John has, uh, we've talked a, a number of times and he's, uh, you know, made praises to you and talked about your passion. Um, and we talked about how important leadership is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if you will, a, a little bit, you know, about yourself, your, a little bit about your path and, you know, what, you know, your, what you're looking at as being the business manager here at Local 13. Well, I've been with the organization for 25 years, and uh, the last eight years I've spent in the office here as a business agent. Uh, My bread and butter has been with the uh, nuclear facilities and uh, facilitating all that work uh, and a lot of the upstate Pennsylvania areas. Uh, So really, in a nutshell, for the last eight years, I have really been dedicated to this local and uh, just making sure that we have the best path forward. You know, working with John and uh, my other past uh, predecessors here at the local, uh, I mean, we have all had the same vision. And, of course, uh, with all the uh, energy being under attack, uh, our main concern is making sure that there's enough work moving forward to keep our members, keep food on our table. And and you talk about, first of all, where are you originally from? I said, because I'm, I'm sensing it's not South Philly. <laughs> so I am native to uh, Schuylkill County, Pennsylvania. So I live just a little bit north of Pottsville, uh, where unfortunately it's it's not a union beer, but Yingling beer, is yeah. which everybody knows where Yingling is from. So, 
So, yeah, that is a coal region accent. So, yes. Well, we're glad to have you here in the Delaware Valley, obviously. You. And, and you mentioned your the vision, okay? And you know, obviously, that team atmosphere with with John and and the other business managers um, that were here. Um, talk about what you know you're looking forward to bringing with you your vision for the future. All right. So, of course, we've had some changes here at our local. Uh, and again, that has to do with just where the workload is. Uh, but some of those changes are, are going to be based on how soon some of this work uh, comes to us and uh, how quick some of these newer projects such as the uh, hydrogen plants and uh, some other upstate projects that are in the works uh, for again some that have to do with natural gas the production of natural gas and uh, so again we're at the mercy of how quick some of these projects are going to uh, just come to fruition yeah and then the other part of that is making sure that we're trained and ready to go and have again when when that work hits us make sure we have uh, enough members to keep in front of those projects and we're going to bring Matt Fink in, in, into the broadcast, uh, who's the apprentice coordinator here at the local in just a minute. But, you know, you talk about those projects and, um, you know, politically being involved in the importance of of understanding the landscape there. Um, talk about that and, and, and as well as engaging the members and, and, and so that obviously the individuals, I mean, you know, the, the political leaders, the policymakers um, that, that hold a lot of them strings, um, how important is it for, for our unions to, to, to get involved in that process and our members and educate them on that process? Yeah, sometimes that balance is trying hard trying to, uh, you know, I mean, keep in, in the view of our members because uh, a lot of times they even wonder why we have such close and need to have a close relationship uh, with our legislators. And uh, again, that's, there's so many things that work hand in hand. And if, if we're not in contact, we're going to be left out. That's for sure. Well, what's that saying, uh, John, that, 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 uh, what's it, Ryan Borer says, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu or something like that, or you're well, on a plate? Well, Ryan always messes that up. And I, and I, always, <laughs> I just messed it up, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not at the table, you're on the plate. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think that's, no, wait a minute. It's got to be your plate. No, I get it, right? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's, that's kind of, it's what you're saying. And educating, Brad, the, the, the members, um, of, of the importance of it's probably you know especially with the Philadelphia building trades it's why we're such um, a powerful organization um, because we get involved in that process and educate and especially when it comes to I mean obviously the legislation and all those things and educating them but also being you know in getting our members engaged and in, in, in voting and stuff like that um like you said it goes hand in hand with you know what your job is here at bus- as a business manager for sure yeah i mean for for an example uh again so we cover a a very broad area of pennsylvania we cover over uh, 41 counties in pennsylvania so upstate we had a project in clinton county there was over a billion dollar project that was just taken away oh, and it just has uh, to do with yeah we saw that it was about the uh the environmentalists right coming in and and yes yeah. yes and it was basically some lawsuits against a developer and and again so there's a there's 
good paying union paying jobs uh and you know maybe 60 people they could have had jobs after the uh the power plant would have been opened the whole town on the whole town you, you, you know, they had the mayor of the town on uh, to talk about the devastation. Of, I mean, they kept appealing and appealing. And one of the misnomers is, I mean, who does it? Who does, when you talk, when we, John, when you and I talked about the uh, the PES refinery, the safety and, and efficiency and, and uh, you know, clean energy and, and all those things are important to all of us. You know what I mean? Like the neighbors at the PES, you know, the, the, the people who worked there were a part of the community. The, pe- the, the, the environmentalists that were coming in, that were, you know, passing out all the rhetoric, didn't live in the area. The safety records and the environmental records were great. Right. And unfortunately, uh, what you're saying, you know, with the environmentalist, a lot of that is infectious. So once that's... Absolutely. It starts spreading and that's all you need. So, you know, going back to the town, the little town of Renova, where this, these two uh, units were going to be built, I mean, they were welcoming with open arms. So, yeah, you're right. It was devastation for them when they found out that it was gone away. And uh, so, again, that's, it's just, that's only one project that I'm talking about. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a billion dollars is a lot of money. We have another one upstate right now that's that's in the works, which is a plastics recycling plant. And again, right now that's at $1.1 billion. So they're in permitting phases. and but it's, it's, it's interesting, though, because part of our media is keeping accountable the political leaders who, um, you know, are... In, in, involved in these situations because the mainstream media certainly doesn't, uh, you know, typically, you know, show both sides of the story. Uh, you know <clears throat> what's going on around the globe. Uh, you, it, 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 where, where overseas, they're, they're you know they're 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 building all kinds of plants and their right. and 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 their emission standards are nowhere near as what ours right. are. And yet we're importing those products here and certainly uh, keeping those individuals uh, obviously engaged. That's a, a big part of what we're doing and what our 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 media initiatives been right, John. Oh, a hundred percent, Joe. And like I said, it, it's very frustrating, and something's got to change. And Governor Shapiro said it the best at his budget address and a few times that he wants to start cutting the red tape. I mean, here you have facilities that meet all EPA regulations. If something doesn't change, this is where the rubber meets the road. You may as well start putting two signs up around Pennsylvania. We're closed for business because you're not going to have the power generation. Absolutely. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and we're, and we're going to bring Matt Fink into the program. We're going to have more from the Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause in just a minute. Consider a career with the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers. As a Boilermaker apprentice, you'll earn while you learn. We offer excellent wages and benefits. And as part of our no-cost, hands-on apprenticeship program, you'll learn from the best in state-of-the-art training centers and on the job. Become a union Boilermaker and get on your way to a great career. Visit Boilermakers.org or call 844-IBB-WELD. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. Today's program has been pre-recorded. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, uh, this is Jay Doc. I'm in the, uh, a driver's seat for Krause tonight, um, and I'm here at the Boilermakers Union Hall, Local 13. Uh, we, you know, we've got a great show. Uh, John Bland, longtime business manager. Brad Mikitavich, who is the new business manager. Um, we look forward to having Brad on the show many times. He will be singing the national anthem in just about. Uh, just, just kidding. Brad. <laughs> um, and and uh, and I'm ecstatic. Uh, you know, we're going to talk a, 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 a little bit uh, about our apprentice programs. One of the things we we, we talk about constantly is is um, a lot of the things that are going. And uh, uh, you know, the, the, what gives us a great advantage um, is our apprentice program, our training. I'm bringing in uh, the apprentice coordinator here at Local 13, Matt Fink. Matt, how are you? I'm doing fine, Joe. How are you? I'm fantastic. Uh, we've talked all the time about, um, you know, the training, okay, uh, of uh, and the importance of, of having, obviously, a quality workforce, educated, and, and uh, a lot of those things. And, and uh, you know, you're right in the middle of that here at, at Local 13. Tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, what you do here. Yeah, so I, I feel like our our training program is the uh, foundation of what all of the unions are built on. You know, we we pass down the knowledge uh, that the uh, journeymen have. Um, so we train on everything, every aspect of our um, that our union works on, as far as welding, uh, different forms of welding, uh, rigging. Uh, we have multiple layers of rigging training throughout the uh, four year apprenticeship, uh, blueprint reading. Um, which is also a drafting class. So we not only teach these apprentices how to read blueprints, but also how to draw them, which makes it easier for them to read out in the, uh, in the field there. Um, a large part of our apprenticeship is based on leadership skills. Uh, we have uh, leadership interwoven through the four years. Uh, it works on people. Some people call them uh, soft skills. I, I prefer to call them human skills like communication, uh, listening, you know, um, being able to be uh, taught and, you know, teachable, coachable, things like that, um, working on their attitudes and behaviors. That, that's all foundation stuff that we work on in their first year. And then in their fourth year, we hit them with uh, foreman and supervisory training and um, so, some other forms of uh, life stuff. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I can tell you this. Um, I'm, re- I'm really impressed you talk about the soft skills, okay? I do uh, uh, so, some labor radio shows, and the soft skills are a big part of, you know, I mean, you know, even, we, and we're, we're doing a Spark and a Dream initiative with young people, so we're bringing them in, and we're going to do it with the labor unions as well, but having those soft skills, okay, to be able to engage uh, and, and, and to represent yourself, you'd be the smartest, most well-trained uh, person on the planet. If, 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 if you don't have soft skills um, and you're unapproachable, uh, and, and those things, it, it, it's kind of hard to, you know, uh, you know, enlighten people about yourself. Yes, yes, that that is a big part of it. It's about their attitude and behaviors. You know, the skill part of this, you know, that's, we're responsible for that. We have four years and more to, to train these guys, but they got to bring the right attitude. They got to bring the right behaviors to be successful. You also said leadership, and we talked about it uh, with John and Brad. I think that it, it, it's one of the most important things, especially taking carrying our union community forward and each of our unions. One of the things we've been very fortunate enough with the board makers is is to uh, have a front seat at you know, you know we talk about a, a lot of the things that are going on in energy. But with new tech, with with, with with a lot of the things that are happening, the Boilermakers Union is, 
uh, you know, not uh, not only adjusting but expanding the scope of your work, and that is goes along with with the uh, with the journeyman training and all that. But talk about you know the, the the training that the apprentices get, so that when a contractor or a company calls, um, even if it's new uh, training, um, uh, a new technology, you guys are on top of everything. Yes, yes. We have a lot of new technology stuff that we work with. Uh, as far as welding, I'll, I'll just touch on that briefly. Um, you know, welding's been around for decades, you know, half a century as far as electric arc welding, if not more. Uh, but there are new forms of welding. So uh, RMD process, which is, um, uh, you know, for, for piping, um, it, it, it creates a, a different path for these guys to uh, to get more training. And the newer jobs uh, that, that we work on, um, they're looking for production, you know, they're looking for a lot of production in a short amount of time. And these new technologies, as far as welding goes, that's what they're looking for. So we, we train here with that uh, when necessary. Uh, we have six machines out here, six welding machines that, that can do RMD. Um, rigging, again, it's something that's been around forever, but we have different rigging certifications that we can get now. And, and as apprentices, um, you know, Obviously, you, you know that that our union community, the Boris Maker Union, has a long, uh, vast history. You bring the young people in; that they also learn the principles of of being in a union and the importance of, you know, understanding what's going on at every level. Because we weren't born on third base you know what i mean we didn't get you know great leaders like yourselves are carrying the torches from the individuals for decades and you know over a century okay talk about you know that conversation with young apprentices coming in so yeah that is something that we we have to push um constantly um it is not the father and son union that the unions that have been around forever you know what i mean it's uh we have a lot of people that are just our first generation boilermakers and they don't really understand the 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 backstory you know the the last you know i mean i'm I'm 47 years old so i've lived this i grew up in this my father was a boilermaker along with my grandfather my uncles and all that stuff so i know what it means when they call you know what i mean you've had them conversations at the dinner table yes yes and um but it's different for for new new generations of boilermakers coming in so we we do need to talk about that stuff and you know talk about craftsmanship and and why it's important and you know a lot of these guys come in here and they think they're going to make a lot of money um which we do when their skill set gets to the right spot you know but it's not all about the money i tell them it's a lifestyle um it's it's a lot of commitment you know it's it's a rewarding job uh, but they have to be willing to put the time into themselves and make themselves a highly skilled craftsman and part of that is understanding where we have come from and where we're headed and interesting because um we did a show uh with uh one of the ex- uh, rep uh, one of the uh, executives at uh, b&w Okay, Babcock and Wilcox, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, and, and actually, John, you spearheaded that, uh, you know, booking that show, um, along with John Fultz. And, and, and um, one of the things that they talked about was their partnership with the Boilermakers. And, you know, they, they're, they're company, they're, their company's been around since like 1867 or something like that. So, um, but always taught, one of the things that... Um, Chris Riker, who was who was the individual who was on the program on our labor and energy show, talked about is the changing technologies and what a comfort it is to have a partnership with a union uh, like the Boilermakers. Um, that is such a comfort because without trained, skilled work uh, workforce, 
um, and you know that the, what you guys do in the classroom and 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 what the journeyman with the new education, you know, the upgrades in education, is a huge part of an investment in your own industry. Yes, yeah, and that's something that we have to be ahead of. It's not something that we can get behind on. So as as these new technologies come about, uh, different materials, things like that, you know, jobs, we may have not have done some of these jobs before. It's a new, uh, you know, engineered a different way, and we just need to be ahead of it, and, and that's what we, we, what we do around here. Uh, you know, I, 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 how, how long is the, the program? Uh, it's roughly four years. It's actually based on 6,000 hours of, of field construction experience. And, and who pays for the program and who teaches the program? Is, is it the union and the, and the union's members? Yes, the union, uh, the, the apprenticeship is fully funded by the union members. Uh, it, it, we, we pay uh, union assessments out of our check. Um, it's, it's part of being in the union. And some of that money goes towards the training program. So it is completely self-funded. Uh, we actually did get a grant from the state of Pennsylvania um, just recently over the last couple months for a weld trainer in our weld shop. So the state of, of PA, the Department of um, Community and Economic Development is, is paying for some of our welding. Well, it's interesting because I remember I was in welding classes as a young tradesman and they used to call me, and they used to call me slag man because you could hear it. <laughs> I got a buddy of mine, Pat Herring's his name, and he's like 6'9", and he could look over and he'd see me in there fighting with the, with, with, with the weld, but it's such a skilled... Uh, you know, it's you know, I mean, it's it's such a a, a skilled trade. It's a, it's such a um, you know a important part of what we do. And the the gen, what, what's amazing, and you see what that what happens around uh, around a country. I mean, you know, our families are in these buildings or in these uh, plants and all that. And because of the training that individuals, get, yes, they're great jobs, and 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 you know. There's great, it's great training and, and a lot of, you know, I mean, what's great about an apprenticeship, it's like a college education, right? I mean, you know, so, you know not everybody wants to go to college. They have the opportunity to have a trade, what a, uh, you know, a great living and all those things. But we're also providing a, a, a major service to the public. So when you go into our buildings, when you go into our plants, you can be rest assured that they've been built with union labor safely, efficiently, and we don't have to worry about the building falling down in the middle. You know what I mean? And that, that may sound funny, but at the end of the day, and, and in these elevators, okay, and all these things, it, it, you know, it's, it's something to be proud of. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, here's what we're going to do. We're, this has been the fastest hour in radio. Um, we are going to come back with our final segment. We're going to engage uh, all of our leadership here at Local 13. We're going to have more from the labor the Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause in just a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Iron Workers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. Today's program has been pre-recorded. And back here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, this is The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. We appreciate everybody tuning in, as you always do. Tonight, we hope you're enjoying our conversation as we talk, or J-Doc talks, rather, to the brass of the Boilermakers. Back over to J-Doc. This is The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. We're fortunate enough to be uh, up at uh, Boilermakers Local 13. Um, we have the Boilermakers Union uh, leadership here, uh, John Bland, longtime business manager, Brad Vikatavich, who was the incoming business manager, and Matt Fink, who was the apprentice coordinator. Um, uh, John and, 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 and Brad, 
Um, we talked a little earlier about this, but I want to, you know, bring Matt Fink back into the program. Talk about the Helmets for Hard Hats program. It's one of the things, and you were an event coming up that we don't talk. Labor is so is such a big part of what we do is give back and be, you know, and, and, and this is near and dear to our hearts, but we don't talk about it. I'd like to, if, if you would elaborate on that, that would be great. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the Helmets to Hard Hats program is a uh, program that was established back in the early 2000s. And it, what, it, what it was designed for is to transition military veterans from the service into good paying union construction jobs in the building trades. Um, unfortunately, it's not talked about enough. Uh, it's, it's, there are many people that don't know the program, um, but we are involved in it pretty heavily. Uh, we always uh, recruit uh, the veterans, um, any any veteran that signs up for our apprenticeship has come into this, into our apprenticeship uh, over the last six years. Um, so we take all of them in, um, whether they can weld or not. Uh, we'll teach them how to weld. But um, in the future here, uh, on uh, July or Ju- June nineteenth, well, that was that was July nineteenth. July nineteenth. That would be t- okay. We're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, July nineteenth. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, we have a. Richard Trumka Day of Action um, nice. career cr- recruiting fair going on. Uh, it's something that I've been planning with um, Monica Robinson from the AFL-CIO, uh, it, and we have this set up. It's at the Sheet Metal Workers Hall, um, again, July 19th yeah. from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, we're hoping to get as many veterans out there as we can. And do they have to be re- recently uh, retired veterans? or No, they don't have to be recently retired that as long as they have a DD-214, uh, they can send that in with their apprenticeship application. And, um, and you know. Are all the building trades in, in, engaged in, in, in that, uh, yes. that night? Yes. Well, that night, I'm not sure. Um, I, this is still in the works. Uh, it's in the beginning phase of being planned. But most of the building trades, if not all, are involved in how much the hard hats. Yes, that, that is correct. Yes. And, and you know, it's uh, you know, aptly named, you know, Richard Trump. We were fortunate enough to do his final broadcast. And obviously, we didn't know about it. Um, it was an hour broadcast on the labor show, and it was incredibly impacting. So, um, yeah, that's uh, just hit me when you would mention that. Um, Helmets the Hard Hats, a great, uh, you know, a, a great initiative that our union community uh, supports us and involved with. Um, the Day of Action, uh, Veterans Job Fair, Hire Our Heroes, July 19th, 5 p.m., 9 p.m., Sheet Metal, Workers Local 19. John, um, uh, and, and appreciate that, Matt. Um, let's talk. You know, we only have a, a few more minutes. Um, let's let's you know, let's talk about um, you know, you know the the future in our industry. Okay, and uh, you know, we talk about uh, areas. You know, one of the things you know that you we talk about the labor and 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 energy in the you know area uh, sector. Um, carbon capture is an area where the boilermakers are 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 you know, very interested in. We've had conversations with a lot of uh, leadership and talking about it. What areas do you see of expansion uh, in regards to the, the scope of, of, of your work here? And, and talk about carbon capture and how that's a part of it. Well, like I said, the reality is uh, we're not getting rid of fossil fuel. Right. Fossil fuel is going to be around. Uh, so we, if we are sincere about global warming and we want to control it, Carbon capture is 
the front line right now. Just like the problems we talked about uh, on the one show, Joe, the late 70s, early 80s, the biggest problem we had in the country was acid rain. We built the bag houses, the scrubbers, the catalyst recovery systems. We made it go away. You don't even talk about acid rain anymore. It went away. So if we don't embrace the carbon capture, by the way, the rest of the world is already on board. They're accelerating, and you already talked to BMW about BMW's that. BMWs, they're all part, over the place all now. Over it. Now you have uh, now it's cost effective now, so you need to get on board with it. You can start utilizing carbon capture at cement plants, steel plants, everywhere, and that's just minimizing your CO2. Everybody thinks CO2 is the boogeyman in the room. You got bigger issues in Pennsylvania. You know, one of the things, I was on Governor Shapiro's Energy Transition Committee, and I was kind of educated by some of the environmentalists. Now, not, the, not one thing is a problem. It's everything. It's cumulative. Uh, one of the issues that I've seen, and I, like I said, I was educated with them. Your biggest issue is methane gas, too. It's one of them. It's basically 80 times warmer to the power, warming of more than, than carbon dioxide over the first 20 years into the atmosphere. It's warm in the atmosphere a lot more than CO2. Right now, Pennsylvania has almost 10,000 orphan wells. These wells could be capped. You should be capturing CO2 and your methane gas. Right now, with the CO2 carbon capture technology and capping these wells, we could drop emissions by almost 10% from Pennsylvania right now. You said it when you said, when do we stop working together? Exactly. And like, like I said, capping those wells... You know, most of that is in the western part of Pennsylvania. You could get geothermal energy out of that. We could be multitasking, doing everything for the environment at the same time, not shutting things down. We can grow together. And and, and uh, you mentioned the technology. It's it, and it's so impressive you, with that about BMW and and your apprentice program. Um, you know where where you know and 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 the journeyman training programs that that you know are 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 being uh, you know. Facilitate it um, to make sure that we can do these things. Okay, uh, Brad, obviously, uh, you know, got a new term, uh, you know, coming up fairly shortly. Um, talk about, um, you know, what, what's the first day as business manager look like, and and um, and and talk about what you're optimistic about. Well, I am excited for the next three years. Uh, I'm ready to hit the ground running. It looks like, uh, of course, our, our work has been a little bit slow over the last couple of years. It looks like uh, that's going to have a little bit more light shed on it, and we're going to have a lot more work that's going to be popping here over the next year. So I think that's going to bring this local back a little bit stronger than what it's been in the last couple of years because uh, we have we've been pretty slow. So I am really excited to see what's going to come for uh, new work and new opportunities for this local. Absolutely. And, and uh, Matt, if you would, if anybody's interested in, in, in learning more about the apprenticeship uh, here at Local 13, where can they get that information? Uh, they can go to our website, uh, boilermakers13.org. Um, they could make the phone call to the Union Hall, um, 215-785-5536. I'm at extension 19, or they can pop in to the hall. And um, I have a, a family coming in today, this afternoon, to go for a tour and see what we can offer their, their son, who's coming out of a trade school. So um, they can come by, and, and I can talk to them in person if they would like. Awesome. And, and John, 
I'm going to leave the final word uh, to you. We have about a minute and a half left. I mean, you've been, you know, obviously I want to thank you for everything. I mean, it's just, I can't say enough. Uh, Joe, thank you for everything. I remember the first show and you told me I had a face for radio. (laughs) Well, that's because we're, you know, we resemble one another. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been a blast. And you know what, we got to keep the fight going. And like I said, you know, what we're talking about is not just about Local 13 and it's not just about union. It's about what's best for the United States. And I'm telling you right now, we're trying to get that message through to our representatives. The programs that are set up are dysfunctional and destroying our energy independence. And, John, uh, what is mine is yours, okay? This platform will be yours to the day, you know, in, in 50 years when, you know, when, when, when you uh, retire for real. <laughs> and um, we're ecstatic to have, uh, you know, the relationship with Brad and the introduction, and you've spoken incredibly high. I think the future with Matt and Brad and the leadership here and if I, largely do because of yourself, John, and, and, and you know the individuals that came before you and is Joe, very bright. And, Joe, over the last few years, I wouldn't have the time uh, to correspond with you as much if it wasn't for the guys like uh, my coordinator, Matt Fink, uh, Brad McAtavage, and Roger Jane, uh, Scott Werkheiser. These guys have been a big part of me being able to have a little bit of free time and engage more in the politics. I never liked the politics, but I realized once I started this, I have to dive into it. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, um, from the Labor Show with Jay Dot and Krause, on behalf of Krause, uh, thank you, John Bland, uh, you know, for, for, for being the advocate on, your, uh, on behalf of your members, our labor community, and, 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 and really the people of the United States who uh, many are not educated, and they are now because of the efforts that you made. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to The Labor Show with J. Dot and Krause. I want to thank John Bland, Brad Mikatavich. <laughs> And Matt Fink. Uh, By the way, we're going to have plenty of time to practice that because this is just the beginning here, brother. Great stuff from J-Doc tonight with John Bland as the labor show with J-Doc and Krause. He salutes John Bland on a job well done, a passionate advocate for his members uh, and an incredible boilermaker and union member uh, who has supported the entire depth of the union community since he started his Career. Also, big shout out before we say goodbye tonight on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT to the building trades and the construction trades and all of the workers who rallied around the I-95 destruction to build that road back and get it to the point that it has reached today. Until we join you next time here on The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.